This evening, we want to talk about what are you holding on to? But first, let us read Luke chapter 18, 15 through 24. That's Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 24. And, and this is how it reads. And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Jesus told him, You know the commandments just like he knew we know. He said, Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these things have I kept from my youth. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest, lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come follow me. No matter how good you are or how much you think you have done, there is always room for improvement. Mm -hmm. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he had, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they have riches and enter into the kingdom of God. I'm sure we all have seen the commercial where they ask, what is in your wallet? The question today is, what is in your heart? And what are you holding on to? What are we holding on to that prevents us from moving forward? What is it that we love so much that it can cause us to miss the kingdom? Is it a person? place, or thing? Could it be loving yourself, loving somebody else, or having love for no one else at all? Could it be a career you're seeking or the love of money? The Bible talks about these categories, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. In the gospel, it also talks about the cares and riches of this world, mm -hmm. the pleasures of life, and the deceitfulness of riches. How many times have we instructed someone, or we have been instructed what not to do or what to do? Even in our walk as Christians, there are more things we are told we should not do than things we should one thing for sure, 
You don't have to teach anyone how to do wrong. But we must be taught what is right. We were born in sin and must be born again in righteousness. So here's a man seeking little children, seeing little children being blessed. And he asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life. Have you ever seen something you like and then ask, what do I have to do to get one? You know how we are. It could have been a pair of shoes you saw, a jacket, something in someone's house. And your response is, where did you get that? From Macy's? Online? Was it from Amazon? How much did it cost? How can I get one? Jesus told him what he had to do. Just like when you ask the question, you are told what you need to do to get those shoes. But the question is, do you want to do what it takes to get it? Are you willing to pay the price? Spiritually, do you want to do what it takes to obtain what Jesus is offering us today? Are you willing to pay that price? Understanding Jesus has already made the down payment. This man basically knew what he had to do. In fact, he said, all the, these I have done from my youth up. But yet there was something lacking. If we are being perfectly honest with ourselves, we know basically what we need to do in Christ. Just like this man we just need some fine tuning. Based on what Jesus told him, he, his response was, I haven't murdered anyone. I don't commit adultery. I don't steal. I'm honest. I honor dad and mom. And I have been doing this all the time. How many can say this now? Or would you say, I'm working on them? Almost there. This young man had a great start, but he still lacked something. What he treasured the most was the very thing that saddened him. Why do you come and serve the Lord today? And what saddens and stops you from fully serving him? What is it that you value more than him? What is it you refuse to let go of for him? These are all good questions that we must personally examine ourselves to answer. I want to share something that will not only answer these questions, but will also help you do them. We have been told many times what to do, but not always given what is needed so we can do them. Let's look at John 6, starting at verse 51. But before we share, let me summarize a few things from chapter five and six. And I also encourage you to go back and read them totally so the Lord may give you greater knowledge and understanding of what is taking place. But in the beginning, Jesus went out over the Sea of Galilee and, and great multitudes followed. Where Jesus was, the Jews tried to persecute and kill him because he healed on the Sabbath. Jesus told them he did the work of his father. 
So then the Jews sought to kill him the more because he called God his father. Jesus said, all men should honor the son even as they honor the father. He also said, he that hears and believes the words that comes from him has everlasting life and is passed from death unto life. Which means in this there is salvation. The multitude that followed Jesus saw the miracles he done. Jesus went up into the mountain and sat with his disciples and he saw the multitude that followed. <coughs> with compassion, he asked Philip about food to feed them. We're talking about 5,000 men, not including women and children. We all, we all know what happened. He took two fish, five loaves of bread and fed them all. From that, Jesus perceived they would try to take him and force him, make him a king. So he departed into a mountain alone. His disciples went over to Capernaum in a ship. At that time, it was dark and Jesus was not with them. When the people saw that Jesus and the disciples were gone, they took ships and went to Capernaum in search for them. When they caught up with Jesus, they wanted to know how he got there. Jesus again began to minister unto them and told them why they were seeking him and began to share with them what the work and will of God is. When we receive Christ, it is important to know what our purpose, our will, and work for God is for our life. Jesus was beginning to explain this to them. For us, if you come just to sit and be seen, if you come to gossip, if it is a meeting spot rather than a place of praise, if you come to whisper rather than worship, you came for the wrong reason. God is a spirit. We should come and worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus explained to them, God gave manna, which was the bread from heaven. And now he is the bread that father has sent from heaven for them to eat. Now, let's pick it up at verse 51. Jesus said, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. A natural unborn again person will not understand this metaphor. Eating, eating the living bread is the only way we can do and not do the things we have been talking about in the beginning of this study. We must eat this bread that has come to us. 52 says, the Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give his flesh to eat? If you don't know or have not received Jesus, you cannot understand the things he is talking or asking you to do. Then or now. Some still think today if you write, if your right hand offends you, literally you are supposed to cut it off. Verse 53 says, then Jesus said unto them, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Let me clear up this metaphor or statement so all that hear will understand and know. Jesus is not asking you to eat his flesh literally. And if that was true, how could we partake and eat today and have life? The bread represents the word of God that we eat. And today the cracker and grape juice represents the body and the blood. Just like the food we eat naturally sustains our natural life, the word of God is the spiritual food that sustains our spiritual life. Verse 57 says, as the living father has sent me and I live by the father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Even as the father has sent Jesus that we may live by him. He has given us his word that we may survive by it. It is by his word that we can do the do's. And stop doing the don'ts. 58 says, this is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Remember, saints, God is a spirit. And they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. What is true? His word is true. Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and they are life. Verse 59 says, these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Saints, not everyone who says they are Christians hears what God is saying. Not everyone who says they are a Christian will do what God is saying. Not everyone who says he is a Christian is a Christian. Verse 61 says, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? Is anyone offended in what Jesus is asking today? Is anyone offended in what the word is telling you to do? Because of what the word says, many will end up turning and walking away from the truth using COVID and other excuses as their reason for leaving. What if ye shall see the Son of Man ascending up where he was born before? If you did, would you believe then? It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not and who should betray him. Jesus knows today who will be offended. Jesus knows today who will betray him. He knows who are willing to follow and he knows who will walk away and not come back. And he said, therefore, said I unto you. That no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Mm -hmm. 
From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Let me put it this way. Will you be a Peter who denied him? Will you be a Judas who hung himself? Or one of them that just simply walked with him no more? Allow me to close with this statement that Peter said in John 6, 68 through 6 and 69. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou has the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Are you sure today? Do we see that the words of eternal life are in Jesus? In order to do and don't, the do's and the don'ts, we must have the words of life in us, which helps us, keeps us, and delivers us. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.